Welcome to Building Teams with Teams & Co, where we explore how leaders can empower their teams, achieve ambitious strategies, and deliver exceptional customer service. Views expressed by guests are their own and may not reflect the views of Teams & Co. everybody. Welcome back to Building Teams with Teams & Co. Today we've got a very special guest continuing our conversations with coaches as we talked about. We are really excited today to have Melissa Wells, founder of Got Agency. Hey Melissa, welcome to the show. Hi Tracy, thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, it's our pleasure. I would love for you to tell, uh, tell the Teams & Co. listeners a little bit about Got Agency and, and what you all do. So at Got Agency, the tagline, I'm just going to let you know what it is. It is show them who you are. And right here is my little Black Panther <laughs> from uh, Black Panther. Obviously, I was inspired by that that line in the movie where Queen Mother, you know, she said to them, show them who you are. And the purpose or the meaning for me was to step into alignment and step outside of everything that you may feel is blocking you, mind trash, other people's issues, the environment, and be yourself, step into your power. And so that is what God Agency is about, is helping people to transition into their power and showing people who they are so that they can do the life's work that they are assigned to do. That's awesome. Um, so the listeners know, as you all, I think I've mentioned this a few times on the show, I I'm terrible at watching movies. I never do it. Um, and if I do watch movies, I watch like the same three movies over and over again. Um, like ever since like 1996, like I haven't changed my movie selection. So um, Claire and Melissa made a little bit of fun of me because I've apparently not seen enough Marvel movies yet. But I uh, I will watch this one now and make sure that I... <laughs> Make sure that I'm up to date. <laughs> and I'm going to hold you accountable to that because that's what coaching is about. Accountability. Okay. So we have that. <laughs> that is amazing. So Melissa and I, like like many of the other guests, we met in our uh, Hello7 coaching program. And I can vouch for um, Melissa holding you accountable. So if you're looking for a coach <laughs> that holds you accountable, um, look no further. Uh, so Mel and I have had lots of coaching. Um, and I've just really enjoyed, Mel, like you're super like attention to detail. Um, and you know, you have like, you're very process oriented and, and that just warms my heart. Cause, um, anybody who knows me well, uh, knows process is probably, you know, not my favorite area of the world. So, um, there's been many days I've asked uh, Mel for advice about like, how could I do this a little bit simpler? <laughs> so, um, so where that comes from is, I'm a single parent. Being a single parent makes you dig deep into like different aspects of yourself that you didn't even know existed. And so being in the military and being a single parent and not coming from a military background, being used to having a village around me to help, we help each other. I had to figure it out because I was determined I am not going to fail at this. <laughs> I'm not going back home and feel like a failure, like none of that. So I was like, yeah, we got to create a process here. I had to create a process for myself as a parent to survive and also to not let who I was and the things that I was dealing with pour into his life. It's, he didn't ask to be here, you know? So I took that going forward and it was a way of survival and maintaining and being successful 
in the uniform and being, and it was also in one of the important things that we had to do was be process oriented to meet the mission and meet the objectives. So um, I found that I learned a lot as a quality assurance manager because it's about processes. And I actually enjoyed it. Like who enjoys inspecting stuff and auditing and looking at how to get from A to Z when it used to take people a hundred, like, like maybe 60 minutes and you can break that down and get it done in like five or 10. I don't know. It just happened. And I was like, this is, yeah, I can, I can take this over to coaching. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. You got to find those things, right? I mean, I, I think, think about that a lot in, you know, in terms of founding teams and co you know, a lot of the times that I was a leader in marketing. So I was a director of marketing, a VP of marketing. And, you know, everybody always thinks marketing is like so much fun. And like, they think about all the like more outward facing roles and everybody loves those roles. And my favorite part of the role was always like building the team and getting like the right people in the right spots and training them and like writing role descriptions. And people are like, don't you want to do like the fun stuff in marketing? I'm like, I mean, if I have the right team, the fun stuff will work itself out. But yes. my job as the leader is to make the team. And that was yes. always my favorite part. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, And I was going to ask you, like, so who gets to define what's fun in marketing? <laughs> like when you said that, I was thinking, but how do you tell her that what she likes to do and what's fun for her isn't fun? But people do that. <laughs> and so got agency will tell, you know, help people to realize you know, this is your business and this is their business. Let's mind our businesses. <laughs> I love that. There is there is no official panel that decides what's fun in marketing. That is for sure. I, at least I've never met the panel. So, uh, so tell us a little bit more about how you got, you know, from the military to a place where you founded your own business called Got Agency and, and what's kind of been that journey for you as an entrepreneur? So I created, so in the military, um, and because I know that people are going to hear this, I'm always going to be honest about it. I was trying to separate and get out of the military at every enlistment and sometimes in between. <laughs> so the last re-enlistment, I basically made a deal with God. I'm sitting here praying about the decision. And I was like, OK, if they do not approve this voluntary separation, then I am going to stay in until retirement. And at the time, I think I was six years out from it. I was denied separation. And I felt like I made a deal with God. I have got to stay in here to, for t at least 20 years, you know, meet the, like, I have to get to the end. So I created a five-year exit strategy. <laughs> created a five-year exit strategy that I thought was going to lead me into real estate. But the whole thing was about having my own business. I've always wanted to be in administration and business. My, uh, my degrees are in business administration. And so when I retired, I already had the real estate investment uh, portfolio starting to build that, which allowed me to be able to take a year off. Well, actually, we're coming up on two years of not having a nine to five, but the plan was only one year. But in that year, things changed. What I thought was going to happen didn't quite happen the way I planned. And so um, I was introduced to We Should All Be Millionaires, the book by Rachel Rogers, read the book, joined a challenge. And then the next thing you know, I am at the 2023 ROI. I had a plan for this year going into 2023. I had a plan. It did not include becoming, <laughs> joining another program. <laughs> But 
you know, Rachel got on stage and me being at that ROI, I just felt like I'm home. This is where I'm supposed to be. And I had never felt that way. And I really never felt that connected in that connection in the over 20 years I spent in the military. There's a lot of camaraderie and a lot of things that I got while being, while serving. But that one feeling of feeling like I belonged, I got that at the ROI. So Rachel, get on, she gets on stage and she talks about the certification program. And I was sitting there and I was like, yeah, I guess this is what I'm doing. <laughs> I, I joined, yes, and I joined her club so that I could build the real estate investment portfolio and be able to coach others because I had already started coaching people and helping them to stand up their short-term rentals. So I was like, right. oh, this is easy. This is fun. Again, I know the process. I just need to repeat the process. So when I joined the certification program um, and I started really digging into my mind trash, my limiting beliefs, the things, my adjustment period, because I'm still adjusting from transitioning from the military to civilian life, I started to recognize more about my own strengths. Um, and then it just made sense that I like to help people to come into who they are, especially coming from an institution for over 20 years where you're kind of stripped of your identity. And so now I get to help people transition into who they really are and give them permission, create a safe space for them to be who they are and to show them, show the world who they really are unapologetically. That's that word yeah. that's out there to to stand in their power. And it's OK. It's yeah. OK. No, that's awesome. I mean, I, I think this happens with a lot of entrepreneurs. Um, in my experience, it's not the military, but it's leaving corporate America. And I think that transition is so underestimated by people. You don't realize, you know, hopefully folks have thought about, okay, I'm going to save the money. And, you know, maybe they're starting to make contacts and kind of like think about what they want to do. But also like just taking some time to clear your head and, you know, think about, yes. you know, just not do anything for a little while. Like I found incredibly valuable. And then the hardest thing when I started my own business was that like identity that you're talking about. And not a lot of people talk about it, right? But if you're in corporate America, or if you're in the military, you've got a title, like people know what you do when you say that thing. And then all of a sudden you start your own business and you're like, uh, is this me? Like, but it's like, how do you yes. recreate that identity um, post transition? Yes. And um, I find that really interesting. So I'm looking forward to hearing more about that. But how are you enjoying it so far? I'm enjoying it, you know, for <laughs> my son, he is literally in the driver's seat. So, <clears throat> uh, and so one of our agreements was that the next decision after the last assignment would be his, but you know, the pandemic happened and he decided that he wanted to graduate early. Again, this is the plan that didn't go as planned. So he graduated school early. So the year that I thought I was going to be able to play mommy full time, Right. That was short lived. And so he went off to college and then everything else started to change. And I'm like, OK, he is actually costing me more money in college <laughs> than he is in this house as my dependent, like primary right here with me. Um, and so I just had to make a lot of shifts, a lot of shifts. Yeah. And a lot of that, what I've learned with him and being on a journey with him over the past like 18 months <clears throat> is that I need to create and be in an environment that speaks to who I am, which flexibility is definitely key. And so being able to transition into business coaching allows me to do that as well as support him in his endeavors, 
to be able to to meet people like yourself, to be able to travel still and be mindful of my finances at the same time, you know, and say, well, this is what I can extend myself to do. So um, boundaries, you know, knowing what the boundaries are for myself, helping people to step into whatever boundaries they need to set for themselves and enforce those boundaries so that they can relax. So the transition, the adjustment period that you spoke of, it is underestimated and I underestimated it as well. A lot of people don't talk about it. Um, I've seen in the military where people would retire and you don't see them again. They just go away. And it's like all of that experience and that expertise, where is it? And I didn't want to do that. And I felt like I could serve people better outside of the uniform than I could in the uniform because my attention was going to my son and my family and me wanting more for my life. That's awesome. No, and I think that 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 like adjustment period is really... That happens again in corporate America too. I see it where even if you move to a new company, right? One of the biggest transitions is like, how do you operate in a new team? You know, and like, what are you bringing with you? What are you leaving behind? And, you know, I imagine like, you know, what your work that you're going to be doing with a coach, it's the thing I've loved about coaches I've had um, is just they, they kind of open your eyes to some of those things that I think we all think we should underestimate, right? Like we should be like, there's been so many times in my career, I'm like, this shouldn't probably be this hard, but it's more me just not wanting to recognize it because nobody talks about it. So what about people? As you were talking, that's what I was thinking about, like that transition point from company to company, from organization to organization, from one career path to another, doing something completely different from what people expect of you and then working with people. That is yeah. de- that's an adjustment too, because we have to understand personality types. <laughs> Yeah. I was telling a story to a senior leader one time and they're like, well, you didn't get leadership training in your first job. And I was like, I a hundred percent did. I worked at a company uh, called Tom's Domain. And the first time I was promoted from individual contributor to team leader, they had a corporate training program and we were a really small family owned company, but the founder felt really passionately about making sure when you started the company, you actually did values training. So everybody who started the company took a course about the values of the company And he always spoke about like, it was really good because one of the things was like, actually one of the things we did in the certification program, like setting a vision for your life. And he would often speak like, Hey, you know, sometimes people realize they don't want to actually be at the company, but I'd rather them know that then, than you know, be fighting against something that they maybe don't want to do. Um, People would say, Oh, at my last base, well, at my last base as a justification for their behavior or, And I shouldn't, I I don't want to put a negative connotation on it, but it often came across as negative because it presented as rigid. Like you don't want to change. You don't want to adjust to the new organization. We're in the same industry, but you're at a different location with different people. There's a different culture here. So there is a level of adjustment that everyone has to make. And then when it comes to processes. So again, as you're talking, I'm hearing processes and I'm reminded of, one that I was like, you know what? It's easy to front load. It's easy to front load when you have, when you're talking to people or onboarding them or training them or bringing them in. And it's, you know, let's go ahead and get this done. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult, or it's going to be something that are challenging. We have to be laser focused so that we can get this thing down and then save time in the end. Because 
I don't want to work overtime. I don't want to be here on the weekends either, but I'd rather sacrifice right now to make sure that everybody is taken care of so that we can plan the rest of our year. We can plan the rest of our, our month, our day and know right. what the expectations are. And I know that I, in my experience, I've come up against that where people, they don't understand it. They're resistant to it. And then you just have to make adjustments. And sometimes you let the metrics be, you know, that's the data to show as a result of maybe not doing it this way or not front loading a process or taking care of the people up front to make sure they're settled in and not have certain distractions. This is what happens when we don't do it in a more fluid way where people can focus on what the job or the task at hand is. I've seen it numerous times and I've seen it proven um, again Finance, that's all we did was look at data. As a QA manager, I had my I, metrics was my thing. <laughs> so, you know, it's like we had to justify why something wasn't met. Why didn't we meet this goal this month? Why are we having a certain amount of rejects? Why is this happening? And okay, so then I have to go out and get, you know, pretty much do like an audit or an inspection and ask questions. And you learn so much from people. And sometimes people are tired or they did not get the proper training. Or they don't feel like someone cared enough about them to sit with them and take them through a certain process. But I do feel like from the industry, from the org from the military from which I came, I learned a lot. And that's manifested in the certification program towards the end. Because I'm yeah. not going to lie, Tracy. I was like, I'm not bringing any of that into this. It's going to be brand new. I'm going to do it my way. Well, lo and behold, here I am going back into my, my toolbox. Like, yep. This is something that I'm learning now on the other side. I'm realizing not everybody knows this or they're not aware. And like you said, I didn't know that outside of the military, that people didn't have leadership training as a mandate in their organizations. I thought it was mandatory that if you are in charge of people, you have leadership training. I was like, what is going on? No, it, it varies at every company. Um, and I think that, I think you're right. And I think the, you know, we talk about, I'm, I'm assuming that this is kind of a military process too. So we think in like 12 week chunks and I've had leaders say like, why, mm -hmm. why do I need you here for 12 weeks with my leaders? And it's like, well, because there's going to be that upfront two or three weeks where we just knock a bunch of stuff out. Right. Then there's going to be the part that they start implementing it. And then that's where the coaching begins. Right. Cause you can be like, Hey, you did really well on this. Uh, how do you think this went? Right. Or, Hey, you just led that meeting. We actually do it where we sit in on meetings with folks and we're saying, okay, um, so you led that meeting. Can you tell me a little bit about how you think everybody left the meeting? And like, they'll say like, Oh, I, you know, that person had questions, which I thought were answered in the pre-read. Okay. Like, okay, well, what will you do about that in the next time? Like, okay, I'll try to make sure that those are more upfront and like, they're not, you know, hidden in a bunch of text or, Hey, that person didn't seem like they read the pre-read. Like, okay, well, how are you going to solve for that? Well, I'll set out, you know, um, you know, a couple of things. And then maybe I'll also dedicate a few minutes at the beginning of the meeting where everybody just quickly skims the pre-read. So we all have the same information. But I find that back and forth period of like four or five weeks really helps leaders learn on the job, right? Because we can all go to a leadership training and, you know, then you come back and you just hit the ground running again on all the stuff you're supposed to be doing. And you feel like you're a week behind and mm -hmm. your notebook goes in a drawer somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and never shall that training come out again. Um, and so we just try to do it in the context of their own job. So it doesn't feel like another to-do list, right? Like if you just give an overwhelmed leader 
another thing to do that's not going to make their day easier is probably not going to go anywhere. But I love what you said, which is like as a QA manager, like, yeah, you got to go out and grade them. But then once that's over, you can also talk to them about, okay, how do we improve this? Right. And yes, having new people, it gives you a fresh set of like perspective, right? Like you, like a new person coming in saying, Hey, this isn't how we did it at our other base. Like one way you could engage them is be like, okay, great. Tell me how you did it at the other base. Like what worked well, what didn't work well? Like, what do you think could be better about this process? What do you think could be worse about this process? Like what's that collaboration process to bring somebody into a team versus being like, welcome, figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) And and yeah, so communicate. How do you communicate to open it up? Don't use it as, well, this isn't like, again, well, at my last base, da, 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 da. Well, you're critiquing this process and how this organization is now operating. But what are you bringing to the table to make it better? Right. What are you what are you offering? I like that. And that's what, you know, being a lead to me, being a leader, being in charge. People may ask and question why that? Why do you choose to become a business coach when you're qualified to go back and, you know, take on these positions and these jobs your background lends itself to these particular industries. I get it. Right. I get it. And that's my plan B, C, and D. <laughs> I'm not throwing it all away, but I want to take a chance on myself and being able to do that, being able to say, this is what it is. This is the vision I have for my life. I'm going to take a chance on it. I'm going to give myself three to five years to take a chance on me because I've already given other industries and organizations 20 plus years of my life to make their business better, to make their bottom line green, stay in the black, you know, I want to do that for myself. So when you think about that for, you know, your company, um, what, what could a client expect? Like, so they're like, okay, I'm going to come work with Melissa. I'm going to sign up with God agency. Uh, she seems awesome. She seems like she's going to help me find, you know, like what I really want to do. We're going to map out a vision. (laughs) What does that look like? Like, what? How does that come to life? You know, like over the course of time. I'm laughing, Tracy, because you said she seems, and I'm thinking in my head, I am. You are. I mean, I I can vouch that you're awesome. Um, my audience just hasn't know you yet, so right, right. See, you okay, know. so so uh, so the correct response to that. Oh, the proper response would be no. You 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 did the proper you did the proper response first. Don't worry. <laughs> so well, this they can expect this. You know what they're hearing, what they're seeing to have fun <laughs> because I have got to have fun because uh, I can get in my own head. I know that yeah. I can I can jump into being process oriented and come up with the plan. Um, You know, we set boundaries and stuff like that, but we have to have fun and be flexible. And that is what my clients can expect from me. A lot of flexibility, understanding. Um, My goal is to keep my calendar in a way where I've already I've already set my priorities and my parameters. And then it's like a free free for all. Hey, if if I'm available and you're my client, then you get to choose the time that works for you. Um, Communication is key, but definitely what they can expect is focused attention, a lot of focused attention, intimate settings. Um, Right now, as I'm transitioning into it and building it, I'm not necessarily looking for large groups because I think that you get lost in the sauce or you get lost in a crowd. We've Mm -hmm. experienced that recently, even in classroom settings. That's one of the things that come up for teachers, students and parents having smaller, um, smaller groups. 
And so that is what the focus is. People can expect a lot of deep diving into who they are so that we can help to establish healthy boundaries, not just for themselves, and for, but for others. Also, strategic planning. I am really big on having a plan. We have to have that plan and then building out you know, the processes that make sense to who the person is, what aligns with their values, their core, what they desire to have in life and doing it in a way where we can scale fast and have fun doing it and, it, and know that it's going to be okay. You have an accountability partner that is here to help you along the way. I love that. I love the vision uh, and the strategic plan right up front. We, uh, I think it's hard to go anywhere if you don't have a roadmap. So having both of those things are really critical yes. tools. So as the listeners, uh, you know, hear what you're talking about and they're like, man, I really love this. I want to sign up. I want to know more about God Agency. How do they find you? So I am on LinkedIn and okay. I'm under my name, Melissa Wells. I think it's Melissa Wells MBA. And on Instagram, it is God underscore agency. All right. God underscore agency. We will put that and your LinkedIn um, in our show notes. So that way everybody can find you after the show. And if they have any questions uh, that they send to us, we will make sure that they get to you. And we also hope you keep us updated. So keep us uh, in the loop and we're happy to share more updates from you and from Got Agency. And really, Melissa, thank you so much. I, um, thank you, Tracy. <laughs> I find it hard to, you know, sometimes interview my friends because I really just want to get off on a tangent and have, a, you know, a very long conversation. So, uh, you know, we'll have yeah. to do that a, another time. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, this was hard to stay focused <laughs> and answer the questions. <laughs> Always a pleasure. And for anybody, yes. uh, like I said before, I... Starting this program, I've met uh, a lot of wonderful people and you've gotten to hear a few of them on this show. Um, and the greatest thing is, is having people who care about you coach you. And I think that's one of the great yes. things about having a coach is you have somebody else invested in your success. And, and that's how I've always felt every single time I've come to mail with a question that I have as an entrepreneur. And um, so hopefully you'll get the chance to feel that way as well and, and reach out and, and talk to Mel about your coaching needs. So thanks, Melissa. Thank you again, Tracy. <laughs>